Hey, Rockheads, it's time for NDC Oslo again, June 15th through 19th in Oslo, Norway. Richard and I will be there, of course, as well as all your favorite speakers. World-class stuff here, folks. NDC-Oslo.com. We'll see you there. .NET Rocks, episode 1143, with guest Mark Brown. Recorded Wednesday, May 20th, 2015. Thank you very much, and welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And we're here at Scottsdale, Arizona, at the Fairmont Princess for Dev Intersection. Indeed. And Angle Brackets. And Angle Brackets and SQL Intersection and SharePoint Intersection. Put them all together. There's a lot of intersecting going on. And you're, inv- and you're involved with this. Oh, right? yeah. You yeah. know, I helped create this in the first place. And, right. And, uh, you know, I've worked on conferences for a long time. It's really something to own one as well. Yeah. It's a whole other level of stress. And starters. you have history with the people who are doing it. These yeah. were the guys that ran Dev Connections forever. Yeah. And before that, you worked on the oh, advisor. Yeah, the advisor conferences. This is the same team for same them, team. too. So we've sort of followed each other around for 20-plus yeah. years in different business configurations. And but always me doing content and them doing logistics. And Scott Guthrie's here. Scott Hunter's here. Scott yeah. Hanneman. A Hanselman. full set of Scots. A full set of Scots are here. <laughs> Guthrie and, uh, and the Lesser Scots, I've heard it called at times, yeah, too. It could be a band. It could be. Uh, Mark Brown is here. We'll talk to him in just a, a little bit. But uh, uh, before we run the music, uh, I, before I came out here, Richard, I got my Raspberry Pi 2 in the mail. Mm-hmm. You know? And the Windows 10 capable one. Yeah. So, and the laptop they gave us a build, I put Windows 10 on it. That Spectre. The Spectre, the you HP like Spectre. It's a pretty good machine. Yeah, it's not bad. My, my, my assistant has absconded with it, and I'm oh. okay with that. Put Windows 10 on it. That was in painless upgrade. And then, because uh, that's what you need if you're going to install Windows 10 on the Raspberry Pi. Right, right. Okay. Which I did. And uh, I followed the instructions at uh, windowsondevices.com. Right. You know, that's where you start. And you just follow the instructions. It was painless. And I ended up uh, downloading the preview for Visual Studio 2015 and then installing on it. And and what was interesting was it's got a HDMI cable, right? Yep. And I didn't happen to have a good HDMI monitor that wasn't my 30-inch yeah. one that it wouldn't work with. A little giant. And I had a little TV, and the little TV didn't like it either. But I have a big TV. So I had to put it across the room and plug it into the giant plasma screen TV. I love it. Other than that, it would it was fun. I mean, you really don't need to look at the screen because you're just deploying a headless app. Um, and the first one I did actually turned out to be a WPF style, you know, XAML Windows Universal app. Nice. And it was great and easy. It and just worked. Yeah. Press the button, things happen. It's XAML. Yeah, it was fun and easy, and I recommend people do it. Awesome, but that is not your better known framework. That's not my better known framework. So roll the crazy music. All right, dude, what do you got? Uh, Well, today I found an interesting article. Apparently somebody posted on Twitter a screenshot of a website that Microsoft put out where they announced a new lightweight email app called Flow. And oh, nobody int- knows about it yet. Uh, apparently, nobody was supposed to know about it, but they do now. It's out. Yeah, well, the cat's out of the bag. The f- app isn't out. Of course, there's nothing you can download, but I don't think. I didn't find a download link, but there's a lot of press about it. So if you just Google Bing Flow for Outlook, you'll apparently run into this little quote. Uh, Use Flow with anyone. 
It's email. Reach anyone with an email address, and all conversations for you and others are also in Outlook. Together, you can use Flow and Outlook interchangeably to participate in the same conversations. Fast, fluid, natural conversations. No subject lines, salutations, or signatures. Flow is defined for fast, lightweight conversations in real time. Focus on what's important. Only conversations started in Flow and their replies show up in Flow, not your whole inbox. Focus on your most important person-to-person conversations without the noise, which is why I use Slack. Yeah, right. right. You've been talking about Slack for a while. That's what it's great at. It's great at that. And, you know, it's kind of like Skype where you have group conversations, except you don't have to create those rooms every time you want a conversation. You just create a channel and you start talking. Nice. Yeah. And it has notifications and stuff. So I hope that's, you know, probably inspired by that. Just this is coming. Yeah. And just keep keep looking and searching for Flow for Outlook. Flow for Outlook and you'll eventually find something. Interesting. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, there you go. So who's talking to us today, Richard? Grabbed a comment off of show 1122, the one we did with Joel Kaufman yeah. back at the uh, Nebraska Code Camp. Remember, we were yep. talking about debugging ASP.net, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I don't know if it's just being old computer guys. Like, we kind of learned, we learned debugging way back when. Sure. Although it's hard to remember how you learned it. It's a really funny story you were talking about today, just out in the lobby, about the old boards that you used to have to buy to debug C apps when writing Windows right. apps in C. Because your debugging process was debugging by segfault, <laughs> right? right? When the machine crash. hung, you found the bug. Hang, crash, recover, <laughs> yes. debug, yeah. And so you're trying to snap copies of the memory after Windows had crashed, which right. was not easy to do. What was that board called? It was a Periscope board. Periscope, so yeah. It was, a, it, was a big, it was a big ISA 8-bit card, the yeah. long one, right. that fed in, fit into your IBM PC, mm-hmm. and it had a little push button on a cable called the plunger right <laughs> and so after you crashed windows and it was sitting there with a segfault error or a uac error whatever the, the different yeah. way, there were several you could get right you before the button. blue screen yeah. yeah before the stable the normal blue screen that you know what blue screen became was this capability was actually right. dump memory to disk and then reboot yes but before that it would be hung there you'd hit the plunger it'd snap a copy of memory and then you could reboot the machine load up the periscope software and look at the memory on the periscope board as long as you didn't unplug it from the wall yeah <laughs> don't don't mess it up and I'm, I'm my cheaper solution because periscope boards were super expensive was to continuously dump a stream of memory to a hercules video yeah. screen because we were all using vga hercules was a monochrome video, video card. screens yeah, yeah. But it ran, wrote to a different area of memory. So I could stream memory status information to that screen, basically di- continuous diagnostic information. And when Windows died, that screen would be frozen in place. So you'd yeah. know sort of the state of your system from the screen. Awesome story. And it was a couple hundred bucks. Awesome story. Well, apparently we don't have time now to read the actual <laughs> comment. <laughs> the actual comment. <laughs> I don't mean to overwhelm poor old Maxwell's comment, because it's a great comment. All this right. this, uh, this is from our listener, Maxwell. Uh, Argonis, who says, I consider debugging a dark art that is only learned throughout the stigmas caused by a mixture of dirty code, experience, and if lucky, good guidance. <laughs> As a junior developer back in the mid-aughts, I found myself struggling when fixing bugs, thinking I wasn't a bad developer. I was not prepared for what was coming, and it did not have a good mentor to explain the raw truth mm. of debugging. Often I was frustrated, even questioned, if this is the right career for me. That, you know, 
this whole idea that you're a programmer, you should not ever have bugs. Right. That just wouldn't even happen. Yeah. However, I now know how incomplete my skills were and how important were those missing skills. Mm-hmm. I'm now a software architect and work mainly with distributed applications, and debugging has only become worse. Wow. Distributed apps make things harder. Wow. Uh, while there is a great deal of profiling tools out there to give you a ton of data, to me, what has worked best is a standardized pattern of collecting my own logs in a readable format that makes sense of the application domain. I usually need to know the error name and type, where it happened, mm-hmm. and any other data relevant to the error, such as parameters, mm-hmm. the time te- taken to execute, things like that. Most of the time, it is enough, and with the right log, bugs can easily be found in the most obscured production environments. I just have to think ahead about the time when my code breaks, and we all know it will, mm. and define the log strategy. I've been listening to you guys for the last few years, and yet this is my first comment, although I've been meaning to comment a lot more. <laughs> so shame on me. I was already loving .NET since the framework 2, but with you guys playing on my daily commute, now it rocks. All right. And that comment, by the way, we, Maxwell only wrote that comment like five days ago. So wow. five days after his first comment, I've read it. Yeah. That's why you got a mug coming, got dude. A mug. Thanks so much. I'm glad you're listening. Uh, and I really enjoyed your comment. It gave, gave me a chuckle for all, all us debugging Dart Arc people. So mm-hmm. a .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, just write a comment on the website at .NETrocks.com or on any of our mobile apps because we've got them for iOS, Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8, and Windows 8. And that brings us to our old friend Mark Brown. Mark has been in the software industry for more than 20 years and has worked for a wide array of companies from ISVs to dot-coms building applications that ranged from the largest of back-end systems to the smallest of devices and everything in between. Mark is a cloud and solution architect for Salliance and currently in an outpatient program for former Microsoft employees. Well done. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The, the, the program is going well. They're, they're giving me more yard time now. You feel oh, better? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> You walk around unsupervised. I, get, I have yes, I have my little walker and my cane, and I'm convalescing out in the well, in the courtyard. Did, you did 15 years at Microsoft. I mean, you, that means you started in the Bill Gates time frame. Yes, you went right through the entire bomber yeah, reign. Yes, and then a little bit of time with Satya. Yeah, and now you're out. Yeah. I love the way you use the uh, the verb did. You know, like the did the time like. <laughs> You 15 did, years. You did I was 15 there years. for, yeah, through three, pre, I mean, through three, three CEOs. CEOs. I mean, because Bill was still CEO for another year after yeah. I joined. Mm. And then we had the Balmer years. And then Sachi's been CEO for about a year now, too, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so, yeah, you, you've bookended the whole thing. Right? Yeah. That's kind of cool, yeah. actually. Bookended the uh, the low point in our stock price as well. But Well, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, now it's all back up again, yeah, so it's the great. The stock price actually. was static, but the revenue of the company kept increasing. Yes. Like, mm. I don't want to necessarily say anything horrible about Bomber. I no. thought he was a, an interesting guy. I don't know if he was the right leader for the company, but he ran a pretty tight ship. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, We I broke revenue records like every year he was there, right? right? And so, the stock price never moved. I know. Well, <laughs> we... I don't know what well, those maybe guys... he was just trying to keep it from going down, you know? Well, yeah. they, there's part of that, and there's, a, there's an element of, you know... Being efficient isn't market leadership, right? They right? the guys that that buy and sell for funds and stuff like that care, I think, more about the product than the innovation and the leadership mindset. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Then they do the. Are you running a tight financial ship yeah. there, right? And, so. and Bomber never pretended to be a tech guy. I mean, right? pretty honest. I I had an opportunity to talk to him one time, and the one thing that I noticed about him was he knew everything that co- the company did. He had every number 
in his mind yeah. right away. That division makes this much, right. and this is how many products that shipped over there. Like, I found it astonishing. Well, that's what a good CEO should be able to do. I, yeah. I would yeah. think so. Yeah. But he was a numbers guy right. in an industry, I guess, that's really about technical inspiration. I mean, you can't argue with Bill Gates' vision. No. And I think we get the same feeling from Satya, maybe in a different way. Oh, and well, by Satya's the way, and Bill's a, back again, too, and Bill's right? Bill's now he is back. Right. Yeah. So I've been talking to friends time? that have been doing product reviews with him, right? So it's funny, I guess, I just somebody was telling me a story, but... Uh, uh, he had been to the company as long as I had and had done product reviews back, back in the today. late 90s. Yeah, right, yeah. before he left. And uh, and now he's basically, you know, program uh, director and got new kids who are having to go in and do these, right? right. So it's kind of funny. it's only the junior people that go in and demo the product. Yeah, build. right. Well, and he's well, he's making his junior people do it, but they're just, you know, squatting bricks. And uh, he's, he's, he's enjoying it now because he's on the other side of yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it's supposedly terrifying to go before Bill. Sure, sure. Sacha seems to me to be the right CEO at the right time. Absolutely. Or maybe a little bit late, but still not too late. I got to say, I am, I mean, I am just amazed at the stuff that has been going on at that company for yeah. the last year since he's been there. Yep. And it's just stuff I never, ever would have dreamed ever that company and, and you're doing about things like the o- whole open source move, all the open source stuff. Finally, yeah. I mean, I was at the front line of that stuff for a number of years. Speaking of open source, I ran into Sarah Ford, who used to run Codeplex. You yeah. remember Sarah? Yes. Yeah. 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 And she gave me this game called Cards Against Microsoft. Oh, really? I've got to get a set <laughs> of those. of Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. Oh and I no. Think, I think you ought to Google Bing that. I'm gonna. I am absolutely <laughs> gonna get a set of those and add it to my collection. It's sort of all the inside jargon, but then they explain it at the bottom. Yeah. You know, oh, at the bottom of the card, why this is, you know, a thing. That's very yeah, Cards Against Microsoft. I'm, I. They just sold another set, I guarantee. As soon as we're done here, I'm <laughs> going to go buy one. You need that. I am. And so, for all of that's gone on, you left. It did. I, you know, I I don't know what possessed me. I kind of, <laughs> I, uh, what was I thinking? Well, yeah, you know, I'm going back. <laughs> I had kind of, I mean, I had two kind of careers there. I had an, an engineering career at the beginning and then mm. i'd done about seven eight years of the marketing role sure. there and uh but I'm, doing all the tech i was doing web forever i mean yeah, i joined back right. in 2007 or 8 when i joined the web platform team and we were was, talking about mapping then and i well before then i worked on the mapping team right. right so it was right after i went from mapping over to web platform and then uh that's when they were working on IS7. We mm-hmm. did the web platform installer yeah, back then. Yeah, we did then. a show on that in 2010. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I've been basically underneath Scott Guthrie's arm, I guess, if you will, that whole time because he moved from web platform to then take over Azure. Mm-hmm. Well, our whole team moved over to that. Sure. And I continued doing web stuff over in the Azure uh, world there. Um, but I really loved it. I mean, doing marketing at that company, especially if you're a geek already or an engineer already, is really a ton of fun, right? right. Because you get... You get a budget of money, first of all, so you can go do something great with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can go give talks. You can go just get people excited. I mean, that's really what drew me to doing that job mm-hmm. uh, was I loved getting developers excited about the products and technologies and stuff that we were building, right? It's great because you could just see it when their faces light up, yeah, right? Yeah. They're like, wow, this is amazing. This is great. And now you actually get to use the stuff now, that you've been selling. And well, that's right. Yeah, I have to, right. I have to, yeah. I, yeah so, But I mean, I, I can understand the lure of that. I mean, after a while, there's so much awesome in Azure. You're like, hey, man, I want to do something with this. I, and, you know, that's kind of what drew me and it pulled me out, I guess, for a while and or for now. And that is, um, I really missed kind of being an engineer every day yeah. and yeah. building, building stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
you know, you can't go deep when you're doing marketing because you, mm-hmm. you got, I mean, there's so, so much, especially in Azure, there's so much surface area to oh, cover. Yeah. Oh, Not huge, possible yeah. to go deep and get expert level on, on every single aspect of it, uh, even for people today. I mean, I don't know anybody out there that's expert level on Azure. They just pick a well, piece of it and go deep on it, it, right? But it keeps moving. Yes. Well, that's the other problem every is the goalpost. they're announcing something else. Yes. It's astonishing. Yeah. Like, the rate is so high. Let me ask you a question. Are you using the new portal yet? Um, when exclusively. I have to, when I ha- no, okay. you can't use it exclusively. Actually, yeah, there's yeah, still yeah, stuff. There's, there's still stuff in there that, like, uh, I'll give you an example. So I've started uh, doing a bunch of web jobs stuff, right? So, I love web jobs. And uh, in fact, so that was the, the service I worked on was the web and the cache, right? Mm-hmm. So we owned all the web apps or websites it was called then, and then well, web apps, right? Uh, and then I owned all the cache stuff, right? So the Redis cache and um, yes, so. Uh, you know, and now uh, I've been playing with the web jobs, and I've always loved web jobs in there. Yeah. And, you know, it's it was fun on the inside watching that service grow and getting new capabilities and new features and new mm. awesomeness. And now I'm out there and I'm using it. And uh, I've started using them for a lot of stuff. And I got to tell you, it's amazing. I mean, there's, you drop know. Drop dead easy. It's drop dead easy. And yeah. it's just all this stuff That's is there for you. It's actually drag and drop easy. It's <laughs> almost drag and drop easy. It is. Well, I mean, in Visual Studio with yeah. the with the plug in there, you can right click click and create, add a web job to a, yeah. a web project in there because you got to host it oh, on the we website. We should start at the beginning here because right. people don't know what web jobs are. Oh, so well, web jobs uh, is basically a way to create uh, kind of a schedule uh, well, you can it's run like a schedule service for Azure. Yes, it's like a service for Azure, and you can you can schedule them. You can run them continuously, mm-hmm. so you can so do you things. Mean you say schedule means schedule by time. Yeah, right? yep. date and time. Run it every half an hour. Run it every hour. You can also create them to run continuously, and then have them triggered by something else. Yeah, right? I was thinking like an event driven model. Sure. So yeah. I the 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 kind of the canonical example is uh, I need something to. Uh, create thumbnails for images that get uploaded to my site, right? Yeah. So if I store them in blob storage, I can monitor that and then mm-hmm. kick when a new one gets written, I can kick off the web job to go in there and then, uh, you know, minimize it or, or create thumbnails and then save those all back. The first web job I ever wrote and is still in use today is when somebody buys something from my website, it sends me a text through a Twilio uh, API and the text says, cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> and it tells me how much money I've made that day. That's lovely. And then I associate that on my phone with a sound effect that goes, ching. You should open source that. Yeah. Share that with the world. It's great. <laughs> the but, other thing I've been using it for is, uh, was at least recently, and I created actually a little project on GitHub for this, was um, I did a little project to create backups for uh, this customer's blob storage. They have tons of it, tons of it, right? So there's, I don't know, four or five different storage accounts and tera- well, you know, hundreds of terabytes of blobs and these things. And they've just, they wanted a way to be able to kind of shelve these things and, 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 uh, and save them off. I mean, um, isn't blob storage on Azure already redundant anyway? Like, well, you know, you got the, yes, you got geo redundant and now you've got the new read, the RAGRS, right? So that's read access GRS, but you can't, mm-hmm. Uh, you can't like flip it and then be able to write to it. I don't think. Right? Oh, so, okay. Right. So, and the other thing too is, uh, if somebody does something bad to Blob Storage, uh, Azure's dumb. It'll just go ahead and replicate that for you too. Right. right? So if you so, mangle a file, correct. You mangle a blob, it'll mangle all the blobs. Correct. 
But because that's what replication does. That's what it does. Propagating it, disaster all over your system. It, it faithfully replicates all the good and bad <laughs> things you do. Right. All it is so, is faithful. That's not right. Necessarily good. That's right. Faithful. <laughs> I'm not picky about what you do in there. Yeah. I'll do whatever you I'll say. I'll wreck it all for you if you ask me right. to. <laughs> so this is part of the reason I wrote this, and what it does is that it creates like a weekly stamp, right, of everything, and then does daily incrementals. Like Monday through Thursday, and then does a like a Friday so you, yeah, full you're doing, backup. You're doing the grandparent parent child rotation Correct. style. So now you can say, okay, well something bad happened this week. We'll roll it back to the previous weeks where right. that thing or wherever it was. So I mangled this one. I've got yesterday's version. Yes, of it. Uh, we trash this whole. We Correct. don't notice for a week that we trashed it. So here's the you know a version from Ex- two weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then wrote a uh, retention policy on top of that. And right? you did this with web jobs. I did it all with web jobs and another handy little tool called AZ Copy which is a little command line app that the storage guys wrote. And uh, it's very handy. You can, it basically is just a command line uh, tool for copying stuff, yeah. right? And um, right. it's and been it, out it, now for, I guess, a year and a half, maybe two years now. And uh, People should know that a web job is essentially a command console app, right? Uh, it's a console app that gets control on a scheduler or, like you said, can mm-hmm. can monitor things. And and it's that simple. Yeah, you and just you just have a that, console app. You package it up in a zip yep. file. You upload it and you say schedule it and here, there. And the other thing too is it also comes with its own blob and queue, right? It's got mm-hmm. a, it gets its own storage account when you create these things, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the cool part is you can write web jobs that pop things onto a queue and then write a continuously running one that just does nothing but sit there and monitors it. Yep. And stuff then off the queue. that's right. And there's and there's pull stuff off the queue, does yeah. its little execution, and then goes back and sits and waits. It's great, right? So, and so you were you were able to write this thing to monitor the blob storage as well, or was it just a routine thing of go through all these? Yeah, blob it was a, like a daily, right? So you could right. use it to monitor it if you wanted to, right. but they wanted a more, you know, this kind on of schedule, midnight on schedule, day, day, yeah. So every it creates a new container, gives it a timestamp, copies all the blobs into it, and then that's it. It's so just, just a great way to build a, a sort of a distributed app without having to muck up the main app, you know, and recompile and rebuild the stuff, you know, to add a feature. Yeah. You just sort of tack it on. That's right. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, they're uh, so very handy. And uh, so I'm, anyway, I'm loving web jobs. I'm loving just the web stuff in general. Now I get to play with this stuff and playing stuff with like with the AZ copy, which is a handy, I wish they'd open source it, And web jobs sort of rolled now into a new category of web the whole web apps. Web and, apps. And uh, yes, there's the, well, there's the web apps, the logic apps, the, the API apps, apps, that whole new apps. stuff that those guys are doing. That's an amazing bit of work. And actually, they're talking about it here at uh, uh, Dev Intersection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think Scott Hunter's giving a talk on it uh, yep. later today, in fact. It's, it seems uh, we, we had Scott on the show a few yep. weeks back talking about when they first announced the, the, the different app models. But it's, it's still very much beta, right? Like this, this stuff's not just shipping yet. Well, it's out there now. I mean, yeah. you can start. I don't know if they're in a preview mode with some of that yeah. stuff. I think maybe they are. I think they're, they're in preview right now. Web just, apps is not. It's yeah, out. web apps has been around for a well, while. Hey, Gmail yeah. was in preview beta for years. Yeah, right? decades, wasn't <laughs> Isn't it? It's still in it's beta. Still in beta. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I guess part of that is just understanding, you know, f- from a development perspective, if this is in preview, how much is it going to change? Like, how much yeah. should I bet on this? Right. Are you going to yank the rug out from under me? Yep. Not, not, not that Microsoft has history of doing that, but I think people are generally fearful. Mm-hmm. I think the connectors and things that, which is where a lot of that rubber meets the road is going to happen, will stay the same. I mean, they can't really. They're already building a huge gallery of those things, right? Yeah. With like Salesforce connectors and Dynamics. Well, connectors and that's what's and exciting about this whole idea. That's right? the, the like the this is Lego blocks software 
assembly, yeah, right? The, I mean, the it's, mashup's back, and and now it's all in the cloud, and it's better than ever. Exactly right. Oh, it's almost kind of like the promise of SOA is coming to to reality in yeah. a way, right? Where you can really everything is infinitely composable, mm-hmm. and then you're just dragging these things all together and wiring them up. And then you you apply the workflow to it and all this other stuff and and it just happens and it just works. I mean, we've been building mm-hmm. services for all. Like, I've been laughing about this idea of you know did so ever come true? It's like does your app work on a mobile device? Yeah, you know, like the, if you didn't build with services, it probably doesn't. It's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that's what I think a lot of models is. But uh, you know, don't don't build apps, build services. Yeah. Right. So and then then you're going to end up with a variety of clients. Right. And this is sure. not our first time in this crazy rodeo. Right. For us old guys. That's right. The win the 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 Wintel hegemony only lasted a few years. Mm-hmm. Before that, there was a bunch of different devices, different kinds of PCs, and that's sort of back. And that's good because we're getting. I think we're getting more innovation. But as a developer, life got more complicated. Yes. Life was pretty easy when there was only we, one client. We have so many options now. Most people just have analysis paralysis. You know. Yeah, just trying to hammer through this. I just really, but I really it. like the whole web job attitude, just like the service attitude. It's like, just build the little thing. Yeah. Don't think about the massive thing. Build all the little things. And right. Stuff just sort of starts coming together for Well, it's this. a very SOA way to look at software, mm-hmm. you know? You know, just have these little... And the actor model is another way to do that inside of an app. You know, you have these little guys that are independent of each other that do a specific job, and then you sort of orchestrate them together. Right. And that's exactly how I built that backup thing is i have one web job and all it does is execute az copy right that's all and all you and all it gets passed is a queue message uh with a bunch of json that has all the command line arguments in there yeah. right and that's telling it what the source is what the destination is what the account keys are right and some command line gibberish at Instead the end of, of it having one monolithic app that tries to figure out all that logic in one place doesn't need to because the other there's other web jobs the ones that actually get scheduled that actually composes and builds all the command line right. arguments and then just Right. And that's essentially what a logic app is, right. something that orchestrates. That's right. It's, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's where the guts of the app are, basically. That's the app. So tell us about uh, something interesting you're working on at Salience. Uh, well, let's see. I've been doing that. I am uh, – what else have I been doing? Uh, trying to design – I'm doing like high-volume blob storage type stuff. So I'm, I'm cool. looking at building something to break blob storage if I can. Blab ah. <laughs> source is supposed to be indestructible, man. I, I'm just, I just thought it would be fun to try this, right? So, <laughs> so what kind of data are you mining for that? It's a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of audio and Neat. text and just all, it's a mishmash of all kinds of different stuff, images as well. So you got a room with a bunch of radios in it and you have them all set to different channels and you're just sort of taking all those files and putting them up in the Something cloud. Something like that, yes. Yes. Yeah. So when you say a lot, <laughs> a lot, well, let's just say, not from a total storage perspective. I mean, I don't. So, so not can, petabytes. Not at, not at the petabyte level. But no, I'm trying to break it at like the I/O level. So I'm just trying to see how how uh, fast can I jam throughput. stuff in there, and then looking at options for how do I want to optimize or do stuff, or do I queue it in right. a way and slow it down a bit, right? And then just set the throttle on it to see where it breaks, right? So I mean, they've got a. I mean, they've published their their targets. I think sixty gigabits a second or something like that. Is right. There, okay. Is there, published target performance metric. I'm just playing around with what that. What kind of see. bandwidth to the internet are you playing with on your side? Uh, well, actually, what I'm doing is I'm actually running the test in Azure itself. So Okay. Neat. Yeah. From an a- Azure to Azure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got so, it. Because I don't, you know, I don't want to 
make my ISP angry. Yeah. Of course right? not. So, I don't want to do that. Or make my, probably, probably make my whole neighborhood angry. Yeah. Right? So. I've gotten those phone calls. Like, what's Brown yeah. doing what over there? Doing? Yes. So I'm going to go knock on that of, guy's door. It's more like, Franklin! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's a lot of bites. <laughs> angry people shaking their fist at me in the, through my window. <laughs> hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is now? Ah, oh, it must be that happy time again. <laughs> yeah. It's time to debug my web job that lets me know how many people are laughing at the mid-show joke. Because it doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> does it always go well? <laughs> Sometimes it goes. It's not always. <laughs> I know. It's never reported anything. Just, <laughs> it's definitely not my code. Oh, goodness knows. <laughs> Actually, it's time to give away a Music to Code by CD and Blu-ray DVD set. Now, if you don't know what a DVD is, you can Google Bing that. It's a little silver device that you put inside a DVD player and use a remote control connected to your television. And uh, uh, Music to Code By is a, a, a project that I've done to help people get into the zone and stay there. Absolutely. Yeah. And now you have the making of DVD done. Yes, the making of Music to Code By is a two-hour and 18-minute-long Blu-ray high-def DVD. I don't have a regular DVD. It's Blu-ray. Wow. So it's 1080p. And uh, I've, I basically videotaped myself while I was working on stuff. You get to see me finishing up, starting a project, finishing it, and then in the middle of one, and then one from start to finish. Nice. I've never seen the process, so you know, yeah. I, I was aware of it. Most of it is Camtasia screen with a little video of me in the corner, oh, and, and just thinking about what I want to do and and trying different things. And Maybe, what did you call it? Non music music. Yeah, it's it's the music that uh, people like best when they're not listening to it. Yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> Which is kind of weird for a musician, <laughs> but it seems to be working. Awesome. And uh, you can check it out at mtcb.pwop.com. So who's our winner, buddy? Today's winner is Jovette Estrayado. Congratulations, Jovette. Congratulations. I'll clap for you. You hear your name, we'll send you an email, and you will be receiving that. And uh, if you don't know what we're talking about here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .net Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .net Rocks fan club. But you got to sign up to win. And uh, we also like to ask our guests... Mark, if you had five thousand dollars to spend today on technology, sir, what would you be buying? Uh, I'd probably buy a a new Mac. I think. Cool. Yeah, they could eat five so, grand easy on a good Mac. I could. That would eat it up. I think yeah. in one shot. If I went with the the big i seven and the five twelve SSDs and the, the Retina Pro. I'd get the Air. I think right. Okay. So that's got the eight gig. I wish they could get that with sixteen on yeah. there. Right, because I had an Air that was four, and I ended up having to boot camp to go between Windows and Mac on there because you just I tried running them in, in parallels and it was just too slow. Yeah, it was th yeah. it was just basically. I got the big MacBook Pro with boot camp and I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. works well for. Did you spend most of your time in Windows? Most of my time in Windows. Yeah, I only go into the Mac when I need to do some Xamarin. Right, stuff. right. When you're doing stuff to the iPhone. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you can it. use the boot camp partition in at, in parallels right. on the Mac side. So I love it. It's the best Windows machine I've ever owned. Isn't my it? old my old MacBook Air. That's I'm telling funny. you, it's run like a champ for like four years now. When wow. I think I think it's ready for 
Time for a new one. This Samsung 9X is two years old now, and mm, yeah, it's time to replace it. You've uh, you were talking that you use music to code by. Yourself. I do. So I remember when you sent out. I don't know where I saw this, but you had a Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter page. Yeah, I was going to say GoFundMe, but it's the other yep. one. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, yeah, what the hell? So I don't know what I twenty bucks, twenty something dollars, mm-hmm. or whatever it was you mm-hmm. were asking for, and. I've been getting little drops of music from you for right. quite a while now, and so I just put them on my. I have another PC that just sits in my office right next to me, and I p- put it on there and hit play, and yeah, and then and it I, works for you. It works great. So That's great. So yeah, I have a like an eighteen year old cat that annoys the crap. Out of me. So when I it's you know that music is good because it soothes me and gets me back in the vibe again. And then my cat, cat dropping the cat walks in and goes. <laughs> so the cat doesn't work on the cat. I don't think anything work on the works cat. psychologically no. on cats. Yeah, yeah I well, ju- an eighteen year old cat is an old uh, cat. old cat. It's getting a little. It's like meowing at walls now, yeah, right? So. <laughs> The dementia, I think, is setting yeah. in, right? Where I could see a cat right yeah. up against the wall, meowing. Just meowing at it, <laughs> howling at it, right? So, Get out of my way, you wall, you. So I, I chuck, I keep a, a thing of uh, little squishy toys that I chuck at the cat to yeah. get her to stop. So I chuck, actually, I chuck my tax return at her, too. <laughs> well, it's interesting. We're My, my app next team is building an app called Music to Flow By. Which is based, uh, it's, it's for downloading and easy purchasing of, of tunes and playing them. But it, the big thing is controlling your environment. So it'll give you a signal R hook when it's playing and, you know, as it's playing, tell you how much more time you have. So you can hook that to do things like turn on a do not disturb sign, dim the lights, uh, send an email, send text messages, do whatever you need to do to control your environment. Unfortunately, there's no sample app that uses the API to control a cat. No. <laughs> but you not. might be able to with Yet. some IoT device or yeah. something. I think it was an IoT device and some, some actuators and other things like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know what you could do. You could get a, a laser a pen, laser pointer, mm-hmm. and automate it to just go draw a pet on the wall you in are, a circle. You're not thinking evil enough. You put the laser pen <laughs> on the cat. So it's always in front of the cat. And you just turn it on remotely, and the cat will just cat will keep chasing going. It. He'll just keep walking. He'll just keep going. He'll run so fast, never quite be able to catch up to that stupid Or I could get dot. like a drone copter. There and you just, go. And then it's just a camera that knows where the cat is. Yeah. And then always... <laughs> Always, and then just that's awesome. (laughs) You heard it. The laser pointer in front of the cat all the time. You heard it here first, kids. (laughs) Patent pending. (laughs) Patent pending. I only tried to fly one little electric uh. helicopter inside my house once, and my dog thought it was a threat, <laughs> and he got it, right? I oh, got man. it to lift off the counter, moved it off the counter, maybe a foot, dog's up, <laughs> boom, shreds it into pieces, and looks at me like, got him, boss, what's next? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I just put the controller down, That's, forgot about it. It's no, not going to work for me. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, and I, did, I made a point of n- trying not to highlight uh, Kickstarter and Indiegogo projects on Better know a framework. Yeah. But I found something that's really interesting, and maybe we should talk about that on another show. Yeah. Should the, we the talk Lily? about Lily on another show? Or uh, we'll talk about Lily later, but yeah, Lily's a Just thing. go to L-I-L-Y.camera, Lily.camera. It's, it's a little controversial because they're doing their own crowdfunding. So it's like, you like this? Give us 500 bucks in your name and email address, not even any shipping information, and they charge your card right away. And, and, and what do you get for it? You're supposed you're to get a... Supposed rem- to get a 
one of the devices with a camera that'll follow you automatically you basically toss it up in the air and it follows you around and takes 1080p footage of you oh so i don't need i can throw away my selfie stick pretty much yeah Yeah. if it's real if it's real the problem with the controversy is it's not controlled in any way they're taking the money immediately they're not even asking Mm. for a shipping address at this point right uh they've got ads up for people that would be the kind of people you need to actually build this thing there's no evidence they actually know how to make it but there's a video and it looks convincing whether or not it's real we don't know i think i would just duct tape my iphone to (laughs) my quadcopter and and then just Take a picture that way, right? I thought you were going well, with duct tape me on the cat, and that was a whole other thing. That's uh, that also a, for action shots, yes. <laughs> that cat would not be chuffed. For, <laughs> it's an unchuffed cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's oh, a callback. See what I did there? I'm chuffed to be to here. To a show from seven years ago. Yes, go back and hit the archives. All from, right. Enough, enough silliness. Anyway, thanks for your uh, work on that music stuff. It, uh, oh, sure. I actually do listen to it and enjoy it. And uh, I'm hearing nothing but good Can good write lots of code with that stuff going on. That's so. awesome. So all seriousness aside, let's get back to <laughs> web jobs. Web jobs and, and Azure stuff that, that's cool to you and, and that you're looking forward to using more. I am uh I am seriously interested in looking at this ML stuff that we've been doing. Oh me too. Is yeah, it time finally? Because I keep going back and forth it, on whether we're really time. It's it's time. It's well, time. Seth and Juarez seems to think it's been time for well, he, a long time. He's been a believer for a long time, but the man's a mathematician. Like, this yeah. stuff works for him. Yeah. And that's always been my problem. Is as long as the only Do guy I knew who really understood machine learning was a PhD in mathematics. Yeah. Do mere mortals get it? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just too hard. I think, I mean, you know, I had a, I was hosting a, one of these uh, Azure boot camps uh, a couple months ago, and I had one of the, the last speaker came in and did a talk on uh, machine learning. And, you know, he's a PhD, of course, right? I think everybody on that team is. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's, he's going through and describing it and uh, showing the the service, the interface they've got in the Azure portal there. I got to say, I think mere mortals can grasp this stuff. Mm. And I got to tell you, what's more... What makes me want to go through it even more is the power of this stuff. I mean, the thought of being able to write predictive analytics for customers and their businesses and taking and ingesting huge quantities of data and then coming up with things like, you know, what should I go do next, yeah, right? I mean, analysis. I mean, who I th- would not want to pay money for I that? I think this is what IoT development is really all about. I think, you know, getting data from your device to the cloud is the easy part. Yeah. Really is. I mean, yeah, there are some physical challenges and things like that, but but that's easy. Uh, making sense of the data—that's what's hard. That's what people want. That's the end result of this whole IoT generation. Yep. Is is what is it going to do for my business? And and ML is certainly the way to go on on a lot of these things. And you never know what you might learn, right? Because right? you can teach these models to do things, and yeah. then uh, and then see what comes out of these things, right? So maybe it's. You're using it and uh, figuring out what the repair schedule for these things should be, right? Yeah. Because you're taking all that data to figure out when, how often do they fail and mm. when do they fail. Or maybe there's conditions leading up to that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so many different pieces of data to measure. Yeah. You could come up with all kinds of crazy this stuff. This is where the whole data lake thing came from, right? Right. It's just, just this attitude of don't try and pre-process that data or analyze it in any way up front as you collect it, stored in a common repository as it is, yep. and then do your analysis on it as a whole because it's always going to be the edges of the data that are going to be interesting. Why did they call it a data lake um, by the chance? Was there? I don't You know, that, that's not a term that Microsoft came up with. That term already existed. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a talking point in a larger discussion about 
sort of modern data structures. When we announced that, or should say they, now I can't say we anymore. Yeah, yeah. We anymore. My pronoun yeah. usage just needs some updating. <laughs> uh, right. You think when the implant came out, that would just stop? Oh. It's part of this outpatient therapy. So as I, when, I'm, when, I'm in the, when, I'm, when I'm convalescing out in the courtyard with my Actually, walker. Actually, we don't know, but he just got a shock to the neck. You know, I did. Ow. He's, not, he's hiding it well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just was commenting on Twitter, like, why data? Like, I mean, it could have been data puddle. Right, or data, <laughs> data, data sound, or ocean. Data or ocean. Data. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that was uh, Mary Jo's line. What you don't right. want is data swamps. Yeah. Data swamps, yes. Yeah. It's smelly. Yeah. Yeah. Get well, data that gets trapped in a backwater. Yeah. But I think... Yo, but back to your point. I mean, we're building all the stuff now to do the ingestion and, the you know, you've got this, this stream analytics and these other tools and stuff to save it, right? Obviously, you're in storage and right. tools to crunch it. And yeah, it, yeah, an and now you can, CPU to, to right? analyze it when you need to analyze. And now you got this stuff you can yeah to and to do all the analysis right. <laughs> so building these models and teaching them and then seeing what they come up with right. So, so just, just to be clear, Richard, a data lake is there's no preset data format right. Not at all. No, it, it sort of infers all that and just stores it for you. Yeah. I mean, so I think it's really just a kind of blob storage, although it has some knowledge about typing around right. it. So in first types, I yeah, suppose, it's, it's, to some degree. So you have some capability there to, to sort that out. But it's, a, but it's a very philosophically different thing from the data warehouse, right? Which they also made announcement about this new data warehouse capabilities right, sure. in Azure too. But a data warehouse implies a planned structure to all of the data Correct. that's being loaded. Yeah, and here, the, and this is the opposite of that thing. Leave it alone because we have plenty of analysis tools to tease those things apart on demand when right. we need it, and we don't have to do it ahead of time. And one of the dangers of the ETL process, the, the sort of a transform and load sequence that data warehousing does, risks shaving off some useful information. Mm -hmm. And that's I think when you talk about the stuff you've been working on, just the sort of scope of that data, all those blobs and all of the little ancillary logs that would be around them about when they were copied and so forth, you don't know what the potentially valuable correlatable data might be. Yeah. Right? So keep it all and let these machine learning algorithms add it and they'll find the correlation. And they'll find the outliers too, which typically can throw off your classic analysis that you're doing because some of those outliers may be just like one record that was you know, spiked or something like that. Yep. And, and it could sh shave the, change the average. Yeah. In but an it also unnatural the thing way. you shaved off as a bad piece of data, you know, side effect of transform and load processes is normalization. Right. And then you lose that, which might actually be a useful piece of information. Yeah. Well, it sure is interesting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see where, where that goes and especially with the machine learning stuff. So I'm with you, Mark. I think that's going to be a vitally important part of any. Any business analysis going forward? I'm going to be, you know, spending my nights and weekends just tinkering, taking and taking a look. Yeah, getting in there. I, I just I, pray to God it doesn't tip over my Azure account. Ooh, <laughs> that's what I got to worry about. Pay for that stuff. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Now I got to pay for it. I can't just <laughs> I can't just expense it against my Microsoft yeah, account right. anymore. So no, get yourself an MVP and you'll. Uh, I'm working on it yeah. right now. So I'm mm -hmm. blogging again and creating projects from throwing them on GitHub. I'm hosting the you know these Azure boot camps and stuff. I need nice. to go. Do some more local meetup talks and stuff like yeah. that, and I'm happy. It's telling you, blogging again feels so good. Yeah. Just being able Why to. Why did you stop? Because I don't. Ha it's not possible. There's not enough hours in the day when you work at Microsoft to right. like do anything except Microsoft, except the work you're. you're except the work you're getting do. paid to do, right? Yeah. So. And where's your blog? Markjbrown.com. Great. Yeah, that's my handle too on Twitter. It's Mark J Brown. Mark with a K. With a K. Yeah. Mark with a C I is the guy who did Arthur, the Aardvark. 
Okay. Mark yeah. Brown. Oh, that's right. I should, <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah I right. know that is. Yeah. I gotta, I'm going to change my Twitter yeah. avatar to be the, uh, that. Yeah, you really should. That I, aardvark. I, I asked him. I said, hey, isn't your your avatar the aardvark? And I just realized because the Arthur uh, logo or whatever is in a circle, you know, mm-hmm. and it kind of looks like an avatar. And it's, it always says Mark Brown below it. So that's I'm funny. So yeah. Thought, well, uh, yeah. You might as well. I might as well. Brand recognition. I'll change that. I'll use it everywhere now. Yep. And then people will say, what the hell is wrong with yeah. me? Someday the say Mark with a C is going to give you a call and go, and my aardvark, man. Say yeah. man, yeah. <laughs> Better yeah. stop that. I'm going to send, I'm gonna send, my, <laughs> send my cartoonist over to beat you up. Yeah. So DW's pissed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got to, there's a lot of Mark Browns out there. I got to tell you, it's, uh, that's why I always had to inject the J in there. Mark J. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. The, not the only com. one. But yeah, interesting to have you on the outside. And being and still loving the product, clearly, I love it. I mean, yeah. I'll always be, you know, that place was my home for 15 years. I yeah. think every friend, pretty much, I have on the planet works at that company still. So, uh, and I'm still living. I still live in Seattle. Sure, um, but you know, I was, you know, a hardcore, you know, fan of the company and the technology going back to like '91. I think is when I started. Well, yeah, writing yeah, code right after college, ago. actually, right. So, and uh, I started with access. Uh, Beta of Access 1.0. Yes, that was my foray into it. I was working as a financial analyst and hating it, so I wrote a little app in Access that did my job. <laughs> and then I, and then I hired, and then I, and then I hired somebody and paid to them like the app for, for five bucks an hour, and all they did was just enter data. That's and then I, I played golf, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the month, I would come into the office, I would push a button on a, a single button on an Access form, and then it would for the next like two hours a printer would just spit out like journal entries and, yeah. and financial reports all and, of the work and then once it was once it was done i'd pick that up and i'd hand it to someone else like boss the, never the controller. why you were never in the office well, i just said i was working on special projects so. <laughs> <laughs> so, special project is the back nine it's the that's right yeah. it's back nine. i'm working on uh yeah, working, working on working sand on. sand safes today that's right so <laughs> anyway that was uh i enjoyed that so much that i said I'm in the wrong business, so yeah, I build the software. I I quit and I never looked back. So and you're, and you're not alone. I mean, that's a pretty that's a, a common story of you got immersed in software because of your job and realized you liked it more than your job. Yeah, and then went from there and then went and did VB three, yeah, sixteen bit, yeah, for the day, and uh, jumped to thirty. Remember the old Keith Please articles back in yes, the day back then? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I read a lot of his articles back then, and um, you know. Like a lot of VB guys back then, you'd get 90% of the way through your project really super fast, and then you'd basically be banging your head on the wall for the last 10%, right? <laughs> trying, to, trying to make VB do something that it just would never do, yep. right? So I had a printer problem where I needed to print an envelope and a page alternately, you know, pre-printed envelopes with, with customized letters. Yep. And uh, Dan Appleman saved the day. Oh, Appleman yeah. Yeah. wrote so many great things. All those yeah. real great controls and stuff like that yeah. that just fixed... That fixed all, that all the little deficiencies that they that, that, and, that you couldn't do and spyworks and message yes and message back and forth with him on CompuServe. Yeah, he was the man. He inspired me to if I was ever going to get a chance to help people like this, I would. I would uh, that ten percent though. That's actually what. And then I went. So I that's started that's what software is all about. Yeah, and then I went into C plus plus and I started writing doing MVC mm-hmm. uh, or not MVC. Uh, 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 MFC. Bef- MFC. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh, too many TLAs around here. Uh, I did a little ATL as well. That's where this bald spot came from. <laughs> uh, 
I was just thinking about the stack we've talked about on the Azure side with the web jobs and, and yeah. you know, the blob handling and so forth. It's like, there's no app anymore. Right. It's a little piece of code here, a little piece of code there, and some timing on this and so forth. That's good. And you get a solution. Uh, and not only that, but you can set the thing to auto scale as yeah. well, right? Yeah. So, I mean, so if a hundred jobs hit me all at once, just run them all in parallel. Run them all in parallel if you want, right? And you can actually a very different way of thinking about software. Yeah. You can actually configure the batch size too. That was another thing I had to learn because I'm wrapping AZ copy, a little right. command line app, and you can't run two instances of that thing on the same machine at the same time. Right. So I had to figure out, well, how the hell do I keep this thing? And if actually within there's actually a little job host configuration thing, and you can set the batch size for the queues. To only read well as many as you want. It'll I think by default read like twelve, sixteen at a time. Okay. Queue messages and then process those all in parallel. Right. If, if you want, and then of course if it starts, you know, pegging CPU, it will then start scaling out. Nice. Right. And you don't have to really do anything except pay the bill. That's right. And so what was nice is that I can set that to one, so that each instance only runs one copy of AZ copy. But then if I get a bunch of messages on there to go back up stuff on the blob from blob to blob, right. it'll just start scaling out and creating new instances, each one with its own copy of AZ mm -hmm. copy. Mm. And so you're basically like doing a you know massive parallel copying. Yeah, you just, like you just yeah. lit up a whole bunch of new hardware. Yeah, and then scale so, back down again. So, so what is the limit? <laughs> for what? For uh, web web apps? Yeah, no. The, the well, they say it's throughput. 10, right? Yeah. But if you want more, you got to just call them. Right. right. So, and then they'll give you they'll give you whatever you want, I guess. Right. Right so, amount of money. Yeah. It's funny they they probably want to know about those you know very successful users, don't they? You know, just for case studies and things. But there's also a question of are you building a DDoS attack? Yeah, that is a good question. You know, you, know, you have so much usage. Unlimited spitting up of multiple instances. Right. I told that story of accidentally firing off a bot that that generated text messages to my own phone yes. and I set myself 65,535 of them in like a minute. Yes. And then I had to delete each one individually. And then the phone company called them. What are you doing yes. exactly? <laughs> well, I called them because oh, my yeah, phone yeah, was yeah. broken. When I finally got the tier three support, the guy goes, oh, it's you. <laughs> I was just looking at <laughs> nice. that. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> We've been waiting for you We're to gonna call. We're going to zap you now over the phone line. <laughs> right. Just spat out more text messages than we send in a day. <laughs> <laughs> These were the early days of text messages. Right. Yeah. Ah, too much fun. I just, I'm really excited about the change in the model, what apps really mean anymore. Yep. You know, that we're just doing so much with such a little amount of code, and a lot of the stuff is just automated. It just happened. So machine learning's in your inbox. What else? What else are you looking forward to doing? <sighs> I guess just starting to play with that whole, that whole new model with the logic apps and mm -hmm. the, the API apps in there. I haven't, I mean, I've been, uh, reading a ton about it and obviously watching lots of the videos from Build and sure. Ignite and everything and uh, um, and just going through all the docs and firing up little projects in VS. I guess the next step is to actually uh, go deep and build, yeah. build something, ship something. Build something, and you'll be blogging about it. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I got to get my right. I need to get my MVP award right. So I should, yeah, I got. I'm trying to blog as much as I can. Are you listening, Microsoft? Yes, <laughs> Mark J. They, Brown. They already have already been nominated. So oh, okay. Uh, nice. For people that don't know, I used to be the product group guy for the Azure MVPs. So yeah. all the MVPs know who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you were the guy. I was the guy. I was their care. Their 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 feeder. Their you care feeding have, guy. You almost have de facto MVPness. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just slide that one by, are you? Nice. You I did that one, so I actually, when I was running that program, I I, uh, I instituted a rule that because um, people 
would leave the company and just join the MVP program and they just get awarded automatically. But yeah, I'm, yeah. but I was like, well, you haven't done anything to earn it. Yeah, yet, yeah it's right? an award. So you have to have evidence. Not everybody, and not every, that's right. You got to get out there and 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 donate time and effort to the community and yeah, share, sure, right? Sure. So, and of course, if you're working at Microsoft, but well, you get paid to do that, so yeah. that doesn't that shouldn't count. Yeah, you may or may not know how so, to actually volunteer. So I'm under I'm I'm now living underneath my own rule, which is you have to wait a year right. from the time you leave. So okay. so I won't. Uh, I will. Uh, everything goes right. I'll You'll earn my the award April cycle next year. I will. Right. No, I'm actually they're gonna they're gonna evaluate me for the october november cycle so yeah, if i get in yeah well by only a couple months <laughs> right so but you're working hard at it i'm working hard at it right yeah, so and uh so hopefully i'll be there at the mvp summit so awesome yeah all right well uh we'll maybe see you at the mvp we would see you at the mvp summit but dev intersection is going to be same, at the same time, time in las vegas it's yeah. always so we've got to fix this because We're when, when they changed mvp summit from the february to now the november that same that we have we had we've had the same problem now for three years right mm, with it going it was actually it was close last year yeah right because years, people were having things. to bail yeah and then go to because they were going to dev intersections yeah. right later that week so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've got to fix the. Uh, yeah, we, here we are the with the we thing. Much, I can't do it. anything to impact it, but I can go complain to the right folks and say we've been trying. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, not hard on the attendees; it's hard on the speakers. And well, the that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah right. And Dev Intersection is going to be in a couple more places too. Uh, we're doing a special version of Dev Intersection with a bunch of Dev Intersection folks, but it's really uh, an architects con. There's an architects conference and an IoT conference and a security conference and falafel con at the same time. Yeah, that's Lino Tadros's show uh, all together in Monterey, California. Uh, in the middle of September, yeah, right. I just got a shirt. In 2015. You got the falafel con shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then October, the the word is officially out now that uh, Dev Intersection Europe is coming uh, October 14 to 17 in Amsterdam. And uh, oh, I'm in, definitely going to that. At yes. this one in September, Run As Radio is going to have a presence there too, right? We um, Well, we will both be there in Monterey. Sure. Monterey, is, it, it, you know, that's a sort of an experimental show in some respects. Mm-hmm. We're trying different topic areas and focusing on different things. And it's a smaller venue. It's going to yeah. be built for a more intimate experience. But run, for those who haven't heard in a long time or don't know, Richard has been quietly doing Run As Radio for Microsoft IT developers for yeah, years. IT pros for eight years now. Did I say IT developers? That's kind of funny. Yeah, that's funny. For IT pros, yeah. Yeah. For eight years now. Yeah, 400 some odd shows. Yeah, 420. Yeah. It's one every every Wednesday for the past eight years. And since you're also a developer, I mean, this is useful stuff for developers to know. Yeah, different folks. I'm surprised at the messages I get from Run about folks listening to Run As. Yeah. Just sort of keeping abreast of what's going on over there, which is a lot of what I do too, right? Yeah, yeah. being aware of all the different pieces of the stack. You got to know that stuff now. You know that? Yeah, it's right. less and less optional. Cloud forces you finally to, because you have to know what that stuff is running on. You've got to understand architecture and networking mm-hmm. and security and all of that stuff, right? It's I mean, all part of the job. I've been preaching that for over 20 years, that just you're a better developer when you understand the other side of the house there. Sure. And now with cloud, you're you're forced. You have to, right? So. All right. Well, that's the show, Mark. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me back, guys. We'll uh, we'll try a it again. more often than five years, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For sure. I'll come back and see you. Soon. Let us know how you're. We'll work do it goes. in Amsterdam. We can go to a cafe and do an episode there. Right. There you go. See yeah. how see how high we can get. Yeah, Richard. here. Try the cake. <laughs> <laughs> On second thought, don't try the cake. don't try the cake. Yes. <laughs> Stay away from that Just row of windows. Yeah, don't right. do any window shopping. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks.
Dotnet Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and of course in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a 